are Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, May 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is really interested in the conversation we're going to have about the players exit interviews because I thought it was a little different than what management had to say. To keep up to date on the team, what the players were saying on the way out, our episodes, all that good stuff, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We are your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, we are going to talk about those aforementioned player exit interviews and figure out what themes we can take from it. And then we will be having part two of our three-part playoff bandwagon series. And yesterday we talked to Armando from Florida, uh, Locked On Panthers there. And today we have Seth from the Locked On Wild podcast. So that should be a lot of fun. Locked On Flyers is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. All right, so real quickly before we get into the exit interviews, uh, Felix Sandstrom, Wade Allison, and Cam York got sent to the Phantoms for their three remaining games of the season, one of which is uh, last night that we don't know the outcome of uh, due to our recording time. But hopefully at least Wade Allison and Cam York will get to play in all three games and then Sandstrom gets a starter too. And then we learned that Ivan Provorov will be playing for Team Russia in the World Championships. Yeah, you know, I, I'm i happy that the, like, Sandstrom, Allison, and York get some more playing time. And I was actually a little surprised to see Provorov was playing in the World Championships, but at least I know who to root for. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if anybody uh, winds up playing for any other national teams. Farabee might have a shot at Team USA, but we'll see how that goes. All right. So digging into the exit interviews from the players, I thought there were kind of a few major themes that came out of what they were saying. And I think the the first one was that literally everybody was frustrated and disappointed, but also did not want to make excuses either, that they all kind of felt a certain degree of personal responsibility for how the season went they all looked and sounded frustrated and um but they all like looked at themselves first before critiquing anything else or trying to make excuses so that that sounds about right a very hockey player of them i thought and that a lot of them felt like they couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was that went wrong that much like Alain Vigneault like they just felt like they needed more time to help deconstruct what happened this season and figure out how to focus their energy in their off season. 
kind of feel like this is a little bit of a a ploy, but I guess I can see where they're coming from. I mean, again, I had to watch the season. I didn't have to play out the season. So maybe they do need more time um, to figure out what went wrong. But to me, it just seems like it was easy. Everything went wrong. And uh, like the biggest thing is how did it happen all in one season? But um, yeah, maybe they definitely need some time to break it down. So I thought that the main thing where they kind of diverged a little bit from what management was saying is that I felt like for the first time we got some insight into just how mentally draining and taxing this season had been for everybody across the board and getting little insights into what their day-to-day lives were looking like, what going through COVID was like for some of them, um, hearing some of that for the first time. And it just really kind of made me feel, I don't know if I I feel bad for criticizing them because I don't entirely, but it just gave me more depth into what the experience was like for this team. Uh, Yeah, you know, it. hearing them talk about it, it does make you feel a little bit, um, you can see where they're coming from. But I thought that you brought up a really good point is that this season affected them mentally way more than we could have expected. And, you know, that's something that I think it took a long time for the fan base to actually accept that kind of answer that they are struggling mentally and it's leaking over into the ice. And One thing that this season has definitely taught me, just looking as a fan, is that, you know, time together as a team, that camaraderie, is a huge thing for on-ice success. I truly believe that because they just weren't getting it and they just weren't getting it on the ice. And and so hearing the guys say that and, and, you know, be open about some of the struggles that they had, it was it definitely made you put things in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, there was just some moments there where you could just see it in some of their eyes that they were just done. Like they were just so tired. And even answering these questions was a drain on them. The other, I think, main theme to come out of what they were saying was that everybody was looking forward to having a break, having the summer to reset and having a quote unquote normal off season and really get a chance to work on the things that they missed out not having as many practices. Yeah, you heard from a lot of the younger guys talking about this, this off season, they are going to be really honing in and and working on um, their game because this is a really important off season for them. And I, and I absolutely would agree, you know, from, I think Nolan Patrick's uh, brought that up um, Sandheim uh, or Phil Myers, I believe. And then Oscar Limbaum, this is an important off season for them. And, um, you know, they just, they seemed like, like while they didn't want to be in front of the media, you know, they seem very passionate about that. So we're going to have a lot of guys, um, working their butts off this off season because yeah that is for sure and you know in addition to the couple of guys you you mentioned I think that um you know Travis Sanheim I would say is on that list even though he didn't have as 
quote unquote bad a season overall as some of the other guys. Um, he was really interested in just improvement overall as well. So very interesting overall. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. No manual trades, no picking stocks, and no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on your preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. Best of all, it's automatic. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL to get started today. All right, Danielle, going into what a few specific players had to say, I think just to start out with a couple of guys who all things said and done had okay years this year, I thought Shane Gostas Bear had a pretty good and positive uh, appearance with the ag- exit interviews and was really confident and said that he felt really good about how he responded to all the adversity thrown at him, whether it be injury or suspension or getting benched or getting waived. And he felt like he helped the team win games. He felt like he's back. And, you know, somebody asked him about the expansion draft or getting traded or something like that. And And while the thought of playing somewhere else next season felt weird, he knows that wherever he's going to end up, you know, he knows that he got the best he could out of this season, uh, which I thought was pretty good. And he's getting married in August. So (laughs) that was really fun to hear. Yeah, you know, I absolutely agree with Gossespierre. I think that, you know, when you look at the defense, you can't really criticize his season at all. And he was a driving force on the defense for the the offense for this team and um for whatever reason he just I don't know there's something there's a there's some type of tension between him and AV because I I thought that Gossesper should have played more than he did but you know whatever happens with Shane I I agree with him I think that he did all that he can do this season he played really well with the cards that he was dealt and um yeah, I, I wish him all the best. I, I I would hate to see him go, but it seems at this point it's it's inevitable. So you just got to prepare for the worst, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the other kind of positive exit interview I thought was Joel Farabee. You know, he said he found his confidence this year. He wants to learn to be a little bit more consistent and get stronger, but that for the most part, you know, he had a really good trajectory this season and that, you know, he's going home to Syracuse, he's going to train and he knows what he wants to work on, was super positive about the leadership group overall. So it just felt good to have like at least that one section of the exit interviews feel more positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm coming off as a Debbie Downer with these exit interviews, but there was a part in Joel's 
interview where they just asked him such a ridiculous question about like, why was it that he was able to find success this year uh, compared to the other younger players on this team? And I just thought that was such like, <laughs> like, what is Joel What's he supposed say? to say? Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you want him to say? I think that was, and you put him in such an awkward situation that you can't like, bra- like be happy for himself, but also like at the same time, like you want him to kind of like rag on his teammates. And it's just like, that was a dumb question. I, I just had to say that. That really made me annoyed. There were a couple of dumb questions uh, for the players, and I felt bad for them um, because, they, you know, they didn't want to be here anyway. But overall, yes, Farabee was definitely a highlight, and um, I hope that he can put it together next season too. I, he he is – if he can, he's going to be a really good player for the Flyers moving forward. I mean, you're you're spot on about those dumb questions. Brian Elliott getting asked about Carter Hart's mental state was not okay in my book. Like, what was that? What is going on? Well, why would you ask him that? And then, wasn't that the first question? And he was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I knew you guys were going to ask me the question, but I didn't think it would be the first question I get. And, like, I know, you, Elliott's always going to answer questions about Hart, but, like, this guy, he's done a lot for the the Flyers, for the team, for the organization, and he probably won't be here next year. And the first thing you're going to do is ask him about Carter Hart. Like, I don't know. It just felt weird. I felt bad for him. Yeah. Um, You know, I talked a little bit about some of the players being more open about their struggles. And I thought Scott Lawton's section was particularly interesting because he was one of the a few, if not only, who talked about the specifics of COVID. And he talked about how rough it was to maintain his playing weight and, you know, eating when he couldn't taste anything and just being generally worn out and then having that kind of relentless March schedule coming out of it, uh, that it was just really hard on him. I really appreciated his honesty. I think that it's very seldom that we get that from players and you're right. It was things that were happening behind the scenes that we weren't really privy to that. We had no idea how that would affect them. And that's a big thing, you know, like being sick like that and then having to come back and play the schedule that they did in March. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense that they ended up with the record that they did in that month. And, um, you know, kudos for, for Lawton uh, to, to speak up about that. And he was a battler because he came back and played phenomenal to get that contract for himself. So, um, you know, definitely a lot of players faced adversities that you really didn't think about this season. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about the playing through COVID and that, um, you know, Carter Hart talked about it in terms of the loneliness of it all and that part of you know the routine that he likes was hanging around the other guys and that you know not being able to have dinner and and build that camaraderie like you were talking about in the first segment really took a toll on him and you know in a different way Oscar Lindblom You know, it was tough on him because the schedule made it so he couldn't recover in the best way possible. And, you know, he he spoke so highly of Robert Haig in terms of the just emotional support and friendship, um, which we knew about. But it was just still like you could you could just really tell that 
he wouldn't have gotten through this season without Robert Haig. Yeah, it was it was very candid. They were very honest in their in their um, interviews, and it's 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 always surprising to me that Hart doesn't live with somebody. It's very surprising to me that he lives by himself. I would have figured that he would live with someone, but when you are by yourself, it's very isolating, and um, you know just that lack of camaraderie, the being around the guys. We've seen this year; it's it's a lot, and nobody like you know that's not the you know, the most satisfying answer, but it's a big one that played in the flyers. I think more than we realized. Yeah. And I, I just think they're just all so tired. I I think that's the thing that I learned the most from the players exit interviews is you could just see it in their faces. The answers that they gave were like, I don't know, this is the best I got now. I'm giving you everything I can. I know you're just trying to do your jobs, but like this this was tiring and I want to go home well hopefully we'll learn some more and you know we'll see what else comes out of the team as we slide into this offseason with everything coming up Danielle I am so proud of us for getting better at our own auto maintenance that we've been working on for the last year a year and a half and we could not have done it without rockauto.com. They're a website where you can get auto and body parts and their prices are the same whether you're like us and do-it-yourselfers or you're a professional mechanic and they're always reliably low. Rockauto.com is for everybody and doesn't require memberships or an account login. And rockauto.com is a family business who's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. When you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto or body parts, they have hundreds of manufacturers to choose from. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Well, the regular season is ending in the NHL, but there's still time to decide what bets you're thinking of making before they drop the puck each night for the playoffs. And the perfect place to go for that is our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We mean all sports, whether that's NBA, baseball, golf, and so many other sports that are in full swing right now. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, which is great news if you like shows like The Bachelor or Survivor. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And they just uh, added odds on Jack Eichel's trade destination. So, you know, they're up to date. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
All right. So like we previewed at the top of the show, we are here with Seth Topol from the Locked on Wild podcast to give us the inside scoop on the Minnesota Wild and why us Flyers fans should bandwagon that team this playoff season. So welcome, Seth. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to get going and talk about the Wild. So Give us like a summary of the season since a lot of us have been siloed in the East and haven't had a chance to watch a ton of the wild. Like what are the narratives? Like what, what are the big stories going on with the wild this year? So the biggest thing heading into the season was it, it, it seemed like it was going to be a year of just uh, Bill Guerin seeing what this team had before we really dove into, you know, the cultivation of the roster, getting younger players um, onto the roster. Kirill Kaprizov came overseas to uh, to play for the Wild, which was uh, going to draw up some excitement for sure. But uh, with the fact that this had been such a veteran-heavy team over the uh, the last several seasons, we didn't really know what to expect coming into this year. And so expectations in the West, uh, especially in my mind, I had the wild more at the fifth or sixth spot in the playoffs coming in and they have far and away exceeded, I think pretty much anyone's expectations uh, so far this season. You're, you're talking about a team that has changed from a grit and grind style that had defined them over the last couple of decades since they came into the league to now a team that uh, that possesses a lot of offensive firepower and the ability to score at will. And that all has been led by uh, their rookie phenom, Kirill Kaprizov, who has very quickly established himself as the best player on this team and one of the one or two best players in franchise history already with what he has been able to uh, to take care of this year. You have a couple of goalies that have come in and have established that position after uh, it, it being a point of struggle last year for the wilds. Uh, and so really the biggest thing of uh, the biggest reason for success of this season has been Bill Guerin making a lot of moves that have paid off and have led to this team, you know, fighting with Vegas and Colorado all season to be one of those top teams in the West and uh, a team that I think a lot of people expect to be very dangerous once the playoffs start. That is really interesting. I was always, I was wondering what Bill Guerin would do uh, as the GM uh, over there. Now I have to say the wild were definitely my pick. I I was really excited to see them in the playoffs. Um, And I saw one game and they were just so fun. You can't help but want to root for them. So for the Flyers fans who haven't seen any of the games, who are some of the players to watch out for? Well, of course, it starts with Kirill Kaprizov, who uh, should win the Calder Trophy this year, um, although Dallas is trying to do whatever they can to uh, to change that. But that's a topic for another show. So you've got Kirill Kaprizov, but the Wild, of course, have Kevin Fiala, who was uh, a, a holdover from last year and uh, one of the better offensive players on this team. But you've got guys that have stepped up this year, like Jewel Erickson Eck, Jordan Greenway, they have both um, paired with Marcus Foligno to uh, provide one of the better defensive lines in all of hockey that the Wild can throw at uh, whoever's top line they go up against in the playoffs. 
You've got uh, the speedster Nico Sturm, who I've been banging the table for pretty much all season to be paired with Kaprizov on a line just to see how that speed plays out. Uh, you've, of course, got Cam Talbot, who has uh, has studied the goalie position. And uh, you've got some wily vets like Nick Bonino um, and uh, Ryan Suter. And, of course, that defensive core with Jonas Brodin and Jared Spurgeon as well. This this team has as young rookie uh, star power. They've got uh, veteran presence. This team has it all, and they're led by Creed Bratton's lookalike Dean Evison. And it has just been, it has been a mix that has uh, has worked tremendously well. I always forget that Nick Benino wound up on the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he is a joy. You know, he, he's, yeah, he's such a great he's guy. Played a great role with this team. He has stepped right up. He has solidified the power play, and uh, he he has just become a great. Uh, a great presence on this team to the point where I would like to see the Wilds going into the offseason try to uh, re-sign him to stay with the team longer. That's always good to hear. So as of recording, we are not sure who the Wilds will be playing in the first round because unlike for the Flyers, the regular season is still going for some other teams. Right. So uh, how do you think the Wilds stack up against the top teams in the division overall? Well, I have seen enough matchups against the Vegas Golden Knights this year to where that I want that series either in the first round or the second round. I just I want the NHL to see that series on the prime stage. Now, it's likely that that would have to happen in the second round, because as it stands right now, the Colorado Avalanche are the team that the Wild would play with the two games left to play in the season. I think the Wild match up better against the Avalanche if they have the home field advantage. I mean, the the Avalanche are just so fast and so deep that uh, it presents some problems for the Wild just because, you know, they have such good top lines. The Wild are a very deep team. The Avalanche are so elite in those first couple of lines that it just presents problems for anybody. So I, I would like to see the uh, the wild get past them though and i think if the wild somehow are able to get home field in that first round series i think they match up much better against the avalanche but they're going to give a tough fight to whichever of those two teams they end up going against uh because you know they they dominated vegas this year the games were close but they won almost all of them and uh, they got some licks in on the avalanche too so Either way, I think the Wilds stand a good shot um, if they match up against the Golden Knights or if they match up against the Avalanche. Either way, I think we're going to see ourselves a really good series. Yeah, I mean, that does seem like a really good series. But for fans who might have gotten this far and they're still not convinced if they should bandwagon the the Wild, give us your elevator pitch to to seal the deal. I have been watching Minnesota sports my entire life, which is uh, is over 30 years at this point. And I've covered Minnesota teams for you know over 10 years at this point, to the point where I know when a team has that it factor and you can kind of tell that something is uh, it, something special is starting to brew. Uh, I had it the, uh, the last two times the Vikings went uh, to the NFC title game. Obviously, those didn't work out well, but. I get that same feeling with this wild team of a team that just has all of the elements that they need to uh, surprise people and make a deep run. And I think it just all again comes down to Kirill Kaprizov being that X factor and that player that can take over a series 
if uh, the Wild needs somebody to do that. And so I have jumped in with both feet. I have convinced pretty much everybody I know to do the same because this uh, this has been quite a ride for this Wild team. And for some strange reason, I just I feel like it is not ending anytime soon uh, once the uh, once the playoffs do get going. Well, I think, you know, for a team that many have referred to over the years as the Minnesota mild. It is very nice to see the wild get some really good positive attention. And Seth, I think you've done an amazing job selling us the team. So thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And uh, I just hope that I haven't uh, put some sort of Minnesota sports curse on the wild by hyping them (laughs) as much as I have, but uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So the wild seeming like a good option, right? I have been like waiting to watch the wild for, it feels like all season. I watched one game. I cannot wait to start watching them in the playoffs. They are so fun. And I, I don't know, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a team that can upset. I know they're probably one and done, but I wouldn't be surprised if they last longer. Well, fingers crossed. We get to see more than one round from them. All right, so wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Now, this is a repeat uh, person we've had on our fun thing. uh, Mio, who's at Flyers Witch on Twitter, is an illustrator. Recently, she got a design of hers as the Dallas Stars Pride t-shirt, which is an incredible achievement. So excited for her. And she did this illustration uh, to represent this past Flyers season that's in the form of a phoenix with all the players in like the feathers of the wings. And it is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. It really is. I mean, so talented. I I can't even imagine like drawing that. And honestly, I really do hope they (laughs) they're able to rise again next season because that this season was brutal. Yeah. So I suppose that's the plan and, and what she was going for there, but yeah, just so gorgeous. So uh, check out all of her work and support it. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with our last playoff bandwagon pitch. And of course we'll have our gritty thing of the week. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.